Well, I am super pumped about today's podcast. I'm joined by one of my dear friends, Tanika Lawrence. Tanika and I met during a leadership accelerator program and we bonded over many things, working in financial services, balancing that with motherhood, making an impact, and of course, getting the CFA charter. I just knew that I wanted other people to hear her story as well. So I encouraged her to apply for the podcast, and here she is today. Let me tell you a little bit about Tanika. She is a senior relationship manager at Poland Capital based in Florida. Her work experience includes places such as Accenture, Goldman Sachs, and T. Rowe Price. Tanika did her undergraduate at Columbia University and has her MBA from Harvard with a scholarship from Goldman Sachs. And on top of that, she chairs the investment committee for Broward County Public Library Foundation. Tanika, welcome to the podcast. It's so incredible to just read your bio and all that you've accomplished, but I want everyone to get to know you outside of your bio. So let's set the stage for everyone. Can you paint the picture of what your childhood was like? What did you want to be when you grew up? Thanks, Sybil. First of all, I'm so glad to be here today. I listened to all of season one and even the first episodes of season two. So it's it's such an honor to be here. But yeah, going back to my childhood, I think one of the things that we bonded over is the fact that both of us came from parents that are immigrants to this country. So both of my parents migrated to the United States in the 70s from Jamaica, and they came from very small parts of the island and you know, just really instilled in my sister and I how important it was to get a good education and really excel academically. And so that's what we did. I remember my my parents always saying, your only job is to do well in school. And so that was what we did. We did sports alongside that track and basketball and all that. But, you know, school was our main job. I loved math. I loved science. And so I really pushed myself towards those types of classes. And when it came time to apply for undergrad, I decided to only focus on engineering programs. And I was so happy when I was accepted to my number one choice, which was Columbia University School of Engineering. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that immigrant experience. I feel like so many of us really do bond over these stories of being one of the first and trying to figure things out on your own. And so with that, I want to know a little bit more about your academic journey. Tell me about your undergrad and MBA experience. And also, did you do your MBA before or after the CFA charter? Yeah. So in undergrad, I majored in industrial engineering. I knew that I love problem solving. I love business. And I felt like that was a major that was a good way to be able to tie those two things together. So it's funny because when all of my friends were having fun and at parties, I was at the library studying, but I didn't mind because I I really loved what I was studying. So I did, I graduated with a bachelor's in engineering and then went and did consulting for a few years. That's when I decided to pursue the MBA at Harvard. And my focus there was general management, but I knew that I wanted to go into finance after my MBA. So in my second year, I spent some time taking elective courses in finance. But outside of that, it was a general management program. After I'd been working for a few years is when I actually started to pursue the CFA charter program. Okay. So engineering to general management and an interest in finance. So what really compelled you to enroll in the CFA program and take level one? 
Yeah. So at a previous employer, I was working in the marketing department and I kept expressing interest in in being in a role that was more client facing, but focused on investments. And that was right around the time when the Claritas program came out. So I was like, great, I'll do the Claritas program. I already have the MBA. That would be perfect for me to just, you know, learn some additional aspects of asset management and then be able to transition into those types of roles. Unfortunately, I was not very successful in that transition. So a mentor of mine, um, Steph Jackson, who worked at T. Rowe Price, said, you know, you really should just consider the CFA program. I have an MBA and I did the CFA. It's something that you can consider. So that that's when I decided to pursue the program. Just a note to our listeners, the Claritas program that she mentioned has been relaunched as the Investment Foundations program. So let's start talking about the exam. Your mentor encouraged you, you signed up, and did you pass all three levels in one go, or did you encounter any obstacles along the way? I did not pass all three levels in one go. And, you know, part of the reason I wanted to do the podcast is because I wanted to share with people, you know, not to get discouraged along the way, because I was discouraged and I had people in my life that pushed me. So... I was a little reluctant to even sign up for the exam, first of all. You know, I had, it was a newlywed. I had just gotten married. I knew I wanted to start a family. So I said to myself, okay, I'll sign up. And the moment I don't pass, it's over. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. So took level one in December, passed it. Took level two in June, passed it. So I was like, great, this is awesome. Like, I'm on a, I'm on a roll here. And when I took level three the following June... I did not pass. So I was like, all right, that's it. I'm over it. But, you know, I was really comfortable work, walking away. But my mother and my husband and my manager at the time really encouraged me to keep going. It's funny because I'll never forget my manager who was like, you can't put CF behind your name. Like you have to have all three to be able to put the CFA. So you got to keep going. So I took level three again for the second time and didn't pass it again. So I was beyond frustrated. I mean, you know, studying was just so consuming for me. Like I would spend two to three hours every night from basically from June, from January till June until the exam. And it just took up my weekends. It was just really, it was really tough. So, but I kept going and I actually had my first son nine months before I took level three for the last time. And, you know, I remember going to the mother's room when I was pumping with my CFA notebook and my books and my pump and all of that stuff, you know, twice a day while at work and studying in there while I, you know, I pumped for him. So I say that to say it was a lot, but I got through it. <laughs> I love this story. And this is why we have to keep sharing. This is such an amazing and inspirational story. And let me just back up a second. Tanika, I studied for the exam when I was single and didn't have a family, and I still had a very tough time. I think for a woman to take this exam and pass it while caring for her infant is such an extraordinary accomplishment, one that I'm sure that came with so much sacrifice and determination. You know, I have to mention when Margaret Franklin interviewed me, we learned that she fell asleep during her exam because she was a new mom. So you're in very good company with your story. You know, so moving forward, now that it's all behind you, what are some of the highlights? And I know you described some of the low points, but if you have any others, you want to talk about some of your high points and low points. 
during this program? Well, the high points are, you know, when I passed each level, you know, that was that was always a high point, not just for me, but for my entire family. Actually, when I passed level three for the for finally, I actually didn't take I didn't open the email for like a week. I was just like, I'm happy right now. Like, I don't want this to make me upset. And when I finally opened it with my mom and my husband, they all were just over the moon happy for me. It was just such a relief, you know, just to finally have that behind me. In terms of some of the lows, I mean, you know, see, not passing is a big low, especially when you realize how much you've committed to it. But I also think through like the things that you give up in order to to try to be successful in the program is really, you know, you, you kind of have to sit out on some family events or some events that happen in my city. I remember I lived in Baltimore at the time and Preakness, which is a, a horse race, always took place the weekend before the test. And I, I never, for the years that I was there, I never attended because I was always studying for the test. So that's just an example. And then I love when you shared that story about being a new mom and being tired during the exam, because as you know, there's a morning and afternoon session of the exam. And so during the break, the lunch break in between, I went to my car and I was pumping, reviewing my notes for the second half, as well as eating my lunch at the same time. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think of that as a low point, but again, it just made me realize just how determined I was to be successful in the program and I was willing to do anything. So I, I'm just really grateful to, to have actually passed the program at that point because it was a lot of sacrifice, not just for me, but for my, my family as well. Yeah, I mean, I just hear grit and determination and you were not going to let your family down either. So there you are still providing for your family and, you know, passing the CFA exam. So, you know, kudos to you. You know, I think about, for me, Memorial Day weekend is one that I feel like I always missed out on Memorial Day weekend because you had to study that weekend. So thank you for sharing your story about what you missed out on, because that is important as well. You know, one of the objectives of this podcast is to inspire a diverse set of candidates to sit for the program. So can you tell us how the CFA Charter has helped your career? Yes. So I work in national accounts where I am, you know, working with due diligence analysts every day to have our strategies reviewed and approved. And so a lot of the analysts that I work with are actually CFA charter holders. I have to believe that it helps me gain, gain credibility early in my relationship with them. So that's been great. Additionally, when I was applying for this job, I'd never done this job before. The head of my team, as well as my direct manager at the time, were both CFA charter holders. And actually, knowing that, looking at their bios on the website, I had just passed level three, but I hadn't fulfilled all the requirements yet with the recommendation and confirming the number of years of experience. So I waited like a week or so until I had finally submitted all of that and gotten the final charter before I updated my resume and sent it in for this job. So I have to believe that it has helped me get the job that I'm in right now, which I really love. But lastly, and more importantly, I think that it has given me confidence. And as a Black woman in this industry, where there's very few people that look like me, I think that helps me show up well every day. So early in my career, I was told, oh, Tanika, you don't have the technical skills to succeed in XYZ role. 
even though I have an engineering degree, as you know, and, you know, I have a passion for learning, I was just willing to do whatever it took. But sometimes, you know, you have to have someone coach you along the way. So, you know, the CFA program gave me that skill set that I think has really helped me since for the last, this point, six years. That's great. And, you know, you, you talk about not really seeing people like you and representation matters, you know, and so now someone will listen to this and be inspired by you. So I'm really encouraged that you're here sharing your story and inspiring all of us along the way. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and get to know what your job looks like and some of the ways you give back with the foundation you've built with the charter. Yeah. So my job as a senior relationship manager in national accounts is really to get our strategies approved on these global banking platforms. So I talk to the due diligence analyst. I talk to the um, the product managers, but I usually bring an investment person with me on these meetings. At times, I do have to do those meetings by myself. And so it's really good to be comfortable having those types of conversations. And what I love about it is I'm having investment conversations every single day with really, really smart people. In my spare time, if there even is such a thing as a mom with two small kids, <laughs> I'm on the board of directors of a local nonprofit called the Bard Public Library Foundation, which you mentioned in the introduction, and I love it. I think that it's it's a great opportunity to use my skill set to help with literacy programs for young children, to help with entrepreneurs here in my county with the resources they need to kind of get their businesses up and running. So for me, it's just been an amazing opportunity to to use my skill set. To help. And so I'm actually the chair of the investment committee. I don't make the investment decisions, but we have an investment consultant that we work with, and I help chair the committee that overlooks their work. That's great. You know, I know you said you listened to the podcast before, but one thing I think a lot of us have in common is that we do feel like giving back to our communities. You know, it's not just about the charter and doing something for ourselves and our careers. But giving back to our, whether it's our local societies or our communities or our foundations is something, you know, a common theme that I've seen with, with all of us. And that's fantastic. You know, I think it's really important to have an impactful person in your life, whether it's a mentor, a coach, or a sponsor. Did you have someone that helped you fulfill your potential? And you, can you talk a little bit about that? There are many people that have had influence in my career. Just to name a few, Carla Harris from Morgan Stanley. I've met her several times. I've read all of her books. And when I was in college, she was on the board of, the S of SEO, Sponsors for Educational Opportunity. And I was like, if she can make it in this industry, then I can too, right? I've read all her books. And what I like about her is that not only has she been successful, but she actually wrote a book about the playbook on how to do it. So I love that. Whenever she's in town, I go and see her and, you know, we, we steer an alma mater. So I sometimes see her at school events. When I was at T. Rowe Price, Steph Jackson was instrumental in helping me. He was also another person who encouraged me to keep going. Don't give up on the exam. Every single time I failed, he was like, you can still do this. I know that you have what it takes to be successful. So I appreciate that. And I still, you know, can reach out to him. He's very responsive and can help guide me along the way. And then the last person I'll mention is Lisa Carnoy. She was a managing director at Bank of America and Merrill Lynch, and she was a CFO, but she's also a mom. She has four kids. So anytime I'm thinking through something career-wise and I'm just trying to like 
balance it between my career ambitions and my desire to be a great mom and and wife, she's helping me think though, yep, that's you can still do that. You can still do both well, even if you make this this change. And so I really appreciate that about her. I mentioned those three mentors, but the truth is I tap on all of them for different things. And the last thing I will say is that the greatest inspiration for me in my career has really been my family. My mom and my sister and my husband encouraged me throughout the entire CFA process and even today. And my boys, my boys are the reason they still think I'm amazing because they're still young. But I just love the fact that I'm doing this for them. And I want to show them that mom can be a good mom and she can also work really hard at the same time. So that's also what's inspiring me and pushing me these days. That's amazing. So I got the chance to meet Carla Harris a few months ago in Miami, and I felt like I was meeting a celebrity and I I got her latest book. So I'm looking forward to reading that. It sounds like you have an amazing support system, you know, both personally and professionally. And that really does make all the difference. Tanika, thank you so much for sharing your CFA charter story with me and with our community. I'm sure that anyone who listens to it will be just as inspired as I was. Thank you.